Welcome to the podcast. Today, we find out fabulous information about the Cuomo family, uh, where we realize that apparently Andrew Cuomo is the best politician in America, and that uh, completely unbiased review comes from his brother on, on National News Network, so we'll get into that. Also, more cancel culture going on. The ridiculous statements of, uh, from actresses and comedians who are trying to be super-duper woke and explain why they're dropping their cartoon character voices because they're too racist. Amazing. John Ziegler joins us about the noose at NASCAR. Uh, how does the media keep falling for this stuff? We'll get into that. And, of course, um, talk about the new development in the uh, special, if you didn't see it this week on uh, Glenn's show, about the funding for Black Lives Matter. There's all sorts of shady stuff going on. You need to see this special. Go to blazetv.com slash Glenn. The code uh, fight the mob will save you 20 bucks off your subscription. You can see the special there. We go into a brand new development on that uh, in hour three, as well as talking to Bob Woodson, um, who is uh, the founder um, of the uh, Woodson Center. And it is a, an amazing perspective uh, that you don't hear in the media all that often. That happens today as well. Make sure to subscribe to this podcast and rate and review it. Five stars being the appropriate amount of stars. And check out Stu Does America as well. Uh, that is uh, available for podcast every single day. And we'd appreciate your subscription there too. Here's the podcast. You're listening to... The best of the Glenn Beck program. Welcome to the Glenn Beck program. It's Friday, and uh, we have the the one and only Pat Gray, who I just want America to know I am going to chop his head off. Uh, but but as if I may quote the uh, BLM leader, uh, I could mean that literally. I could make, mean that figuratively. I mean, it's a well, which way do so, you mean it? Because you're the one saying it, so you must know how. I don't you know, mean that. don't know, you don't know. know. No, I don't. It's know. up to a, your know, interpretation and ours. It's I up guess? to you. Yeah, it's up okay. to your interpretation, mm-hmm. uh, and uh, and I think that's uh, that's great. But I am going to cut your head off. Anyway, uh, Pat, welcome to the program. Uh, great to be here. Thank you, Glenn. I'm quite concerned. Yeah, yeah, I almost sure. didn't come out of the house today because of the uh, rampant COVID infection the record record infections that are going on right now wear a mask really stay indoors don't go anywhere right people are dying everywhere right right now and it's it's frightening to me but and younger people are getting it right now they're they're young i don't know where because you know they didn't get it from the protests they were attending jammed together with thousands no those were those were good no No, because they were were fighting a bigger disease there so you can't get another disease when you're fighting a bigger one but but the bigger the yeah. bigger disease is the one that killed nine people last year, and the the smaller right. disease is the one that killed one hundred and twenty five thousand. Right. Well, okay. one hundred and twenty five. That's cute, Stu. That you're well, using that number. What? <laughs> that's adorable. You would say one hundred twenty five thousand people. The official number. What do you mean? Well, just listen to Joe Biden, and uh, you tell me. Mm-hmm. What people drastically underestimate is the impact on the mental health of people who now everything is complicated. Not only is the healthcare piece, but people don't have a job. People don't have anywhere to go. They don't know what they're going to do. And a lot of people you have 
unnecessarily. Now we have over 120 million dead from COVID. That's Holy a, that's, crap! Can I tell you something? Can I tell <laughs> wow, you? Wow, I did too many. They that's are covering too many. way too many. Yeah. That is. Yeah, I'm going to wear a mask. Yes. You now, better. may I say a couple of things? May I say a couple of things? <laughs> and the first one is, if you happen to be watching uh, GBTV or, or Blaze TV right now, could you please put him back up on the screen? I think this is this is very risky of him. Uh, he is obviously trying to reach out to the yeah. Republicans by wearing a fake Abraham Lincoln beard. Or is that an uh, Amish beard? I, I thought it was I thought he was going to churn butter after this. Uh, little I don't know. I think he's trying to make everyone believe he's Abraham Lincoln at this point. Uh, That's great. And uh yeah, <laughs> I it's think great. it's I think it's wonderful. I think it's wonderful. Although the so message, I like these people, you, too, where yeah, when, I, when, I love these people who wear masks and then just take them off, you know, yeah. they just start talking. Yeah. You know, so I'll walk around you and I'll wear the mask. But the minute I have to talk to you, I got to take it down because yeah. it's just too damn hot. And of course, the, it's and the, it makes me look like Abraham Lincoln. It's the talking thing that's spreading the droplets, right? Like it's right. Uh, that's yeah. the whole point. Yeah. That's, that's when where you really wear exactly it. right. Yeah, you don't need to necessarily yeah, wear it when your exactly mouth is right. closed and you're slow, you know, breathing slowly through well, your nose. If well, I may, that's why in, 120 in, million people have died. That's true. Yeah, that's a great point. That's why. That's a great point. <laughs> can I tell you where? Can I? You know, you're mocking this, mm-hmm. but. Uh, 120 million people have died, and you're right. Uh, they didn't get it at the protests. Um, do you know how many hair salons have been opened in just the last few weeks? <laughs> oh, wow. We, we should have arrested these people. We should have thrown them in jail. We should have burned their hairdressing, uh, well, the entire hairdressing community down to the ground because that's clearly <laughs> where these kids Kids like to get their hair cut. <laughs> yes, they do. You know? They really do. And, uh, you know, and they get their hair cut at where? The salons. Stu, Pat? Mm-hmm. Salons. salons. Exactly right. Yeah. yeah. Why we haven't uh, arrested every barber and salon uh, owner mm-hmm. in this country and put them into some sort of re-education <laughs> camp is beyond me. It well, really we, is. We have arrested some of them. and We did put some of them in jail, but I guess it wasn't enough. I, I, of course it wasn't enough. Yeah, it's, it's never, never enough. enough. It's never enough. I mean, why we I, I'm sorry. You know, I, I go for the it's just the soft heart of mine that I that I say we should put them in re-education camps. We should just <laughs> shoot them. I mean, if we're if we're being honest, they're bad people right. that will never get it. Yeah. Uh, and they were out protesting and their protesting was directly causing lives. Uh, to be lost. That's a good point. Uh, 120 million. Yeah. That comes from all of those, all of those gun toting maniacs that just wanted to kill your grandmother mm-hmm. that were protesting in front of state capitol saying, Hey, we want to, we want to open our business again. So we have to feed our children. Those people were mm-hmm. so irresponsible. I hope they're in a gulag or a work camp right now. Uh, and then on top of it, the, extraordinary danger that hairstylists present in our in our culture Mm -hmm. it's bad Mm -hmm. it's bad may i tell you i i had to drive around piles of dead grandmothers on the way into work this morning that's how many people are dead (laughs) yeah yeah just from the just from just from the hair salon usage yeah hair salon yeah most of them had blue hair which they had done at the salon and uh (laughs) there they were piled up dead uh, I can't tell you. So you have to ask 
you have to ask Pat. Um, you know, you you feel pretty good about yourself right now, mm-hmm. um, but aren't you complicit? Have you ever had a haircut? I have. Oh my gosh, I, I have. You're right. I need to be introspective. So your complicity on this. in this is really mm-hmm. is really grotesque and sickening. Really, it you, is. You haven't had one since March, have you? Yes. Oh yes, I have. Gosh, yeah. how many millions are you responsible if, for? If I'm to be honest, probably four to five million of those people were uh, at wow. my hand. Wow. At my just hand. so you could just look a little bit better on yes. television. Is that what this is about for <laughs> yes. you? Yeah. Can and I, not that can much I tell better, you frankly. <laughs> not that much. Right. Really. Yeah. No. Not not really any better. <laughs> not really any better. Um, so yeah, Stu. <laughs> um, could you please get me some sort of a garage door opener with a little loop on the end? No, no. So I can... What? I'll have you know that's a real noose, okay? Now, it may not have been directed at anybody or anything, but it was a real noose, and it's it's a... Well, it's a, it, it, it's a real it wasn't, hazard. It wasn't a... No, it wasn't like the hmm. stereotypical cowboy noose, you know, with the... It wasn't... I think it was just a loop, wasn't it? It was just like, you know, so you could you could grab that and pull the garage door down. Yes, it was, but that doesn't make garage it any door. less of a noose, Glenn. It doesn't. Well, no, it it, it really does. <laughs> uh, how would you define noose? I would define it as thing that kills black people. That's the only yeah. thing. Not a not a knot with a loop on it that's that tightens as you pull it. I would define it as a thing that kills black people. It's the only use for a noose in in modern history. Right. Um, well, I would describe, and I, and I think you could look up the dictionary, look it up in the dictionary, and you could see. I would describe a noose as something other than what was hanging from that garage door <laughs> NASCAR. That's how I would. I mean, that wasn't. I love how, like, I, but that's like I not, love it's how they're saying it's like the nooses are used for other things. Like they act as if the only use mm-hmm. has ever been lynching. Yes, like that's like saying rope. It's like, well, I found a rope, and ropes are used in lynchings. Well, you, ropes are also used for other things. Like, it's it's the intent and the act that you use it for that matters. If it's used to pull down a garage door, which it had been there for at, le- at least till since 2016. We know that. It was at least since Listen 2016 there. Uh, you know, that's Listen not really a big this deal. Guy. This, this guy, he's, you're mm-hmm. now excusing everyone mm-hmm. in the tugboat industry and, and you're saying that they're, they're, they're not <laughs> racist for all of the rope right. that they use every day just as an intimidation? That is a good summary of my position, yes. <laughs> wow. And yeah. you freely wow. and openly admit it. Yeah, no, it's, I'm, I'm right wow. about that. Uh-huh. It's Hello, okay. No re-education <laughs> camp. As the gay character on the show, I can get away with things like that. <laughs> oh, you're right. You're right. right. You're right. About that. Yeah. yeah. And yet Pat was laughing at it. That no, pastor. I wasn't. Oh I was, that was a oh gosh. Yeah, right those were Pat. tears. Those were. Yeah, I was crying. I was. I was. I, was. I, I am absolutely right on that. Well, thank you. And let's just take a let's just take a let's take eight hours and 45 minutes to pause for all of the deaths of the grandmothers uh, okay. that have, yeah. have passed away. And I'm only setting that time because. That gives me time to not have to finish the show or do any actual work for the rest of the day. So, okay. All right. Mm-hmm. All right. I'm enough. All about it. Uh, enough. All right. Thank you very much, Pat. Appreciate it. No, no. God bless. Thank you. No, no. No, I'm sure I, I must have more this. Than I'm, you. I'm, I'm, 
I must insist. No, no, please let me I get must, it. I, I must thank insist. you. No, well, I mean, <laughs> okay. No, well, you. I mean, if you want to pick it up and and take the thank you, you no, can. you go. You go ahead. Yeah, it's, it's all yours. No, 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 no. no, no. I don't want to take that very important. All thing right, from you. okay. I must have it then. All right. Okay. No, you know what? <laughs> no, I feel bad now. You're listening to the best of the Glenn Beck program. Yes, this is the city. The city that NASCAR built with nothing but Confederate flags, nooses, and racists wherever you look. Now somebody who says, oh no, it wasn't racist, comes along. And it's my job to talk to him. John Ziegler, senior columnist, Mediate. John, what'd you find? <laughs> That's fantastic, Glenn. That well, you know. Yeah. Um, when, I, when I drink just a little in the morning, it's easier to do the show. Well, you know, look, um, I, I don't want to take uh, too much credit for debunking the uh, Bubba Wallace noose uh, controversy, because generally speaking, the only safer prediction than saying that a media news story will turn out not to be true is betting that Colin Powell is going to endorse the Democratic presidential nominee. I mean, history tells us <laughs> that, that this is not much of a risk. Um, right, and, right. And, and, what's, and what I think is most interesting from a conservative liberal standpoint on this, and I think Stu will probably back me up here, is that conservatives have a huge advantage in evaluating these stories because we've already read the ending of the book. Mm-hmm. See, see, liberals don't read the end of the book on these stories. We hear about them periodically, and then they go away. But some people, almost always conservatives, decide, well, wait a minute, whatever happened with that one? And invariably, <laughs> they turn out not to be true. <laughs> Usually in, in hysterical contexts. I mean, uh, yes. I, I mean b- bananas that are supposed to be racist that turn out to, just to be bananas. Mm-hmm. You know, uh, LeBron James. Wait, wait, uh, wait, 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 wait. I've not heard that story. <laughs> Please tell me the bananas that were racist that turned out just to be bananas. Oh no! That it just turned out to be one of my fa- that was one of my favorites. It, it, for some reason, oh, this I... happens in sp- this happens in sports all the time. This the one I'm referring to was several years ago in a high school football game in New Jersey, northern New Jersey, by the way, hotbed of racism. Uh, and um, you know, uh, there were there were two schools. One was mostly black. The other was not all white. And the uh, mostly black school found some bananas in their locker room and decided that that was because um, they were the road team. They decided that was racist. This created a massive controversy. It was turned out that the bananas were just bananas, but the home team was still admonished (laughs) because they should have not been that racially insensitive to leave bananas. In the road locker room of a team that had a lot of black players. Yeah, this, um, is, this is a whole genre of stories, John, which is like the 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 lesbian waitress who gets a I don't I don't believe in your lifestyle on a receipt. Uh, right. You know, the, the, the Islamophobic uh, receipt writer guy who, you know, writes some terrible message. The person who writes like, hey, uh, Heil Trump on a wall for some reason. It's supposed to be a Trump supporter. We find out later it's just some college activist. I mean, all of these stories turn out the same way over and over and the media falls for it every time. 
Can I just add one more quick one? Because this is maybe my my favorite. Do you remember what happened at the University of Missouri a few years ago? There was all sorts of chaos about uh, racial insensitivity, and and one of the stories was that there was a swastika, a swastika that had been uh, depicted in a bathroom uh, on the campus of the University of Missouri. And when the picture finally came out, it was very clearly poop smeared on a wall by someone who was drunk that was all that happened <laughs> there, 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 i mean that was i mean there was no swastika i mean this this is it is it is an illness and it has gotten into uh, even celebrities i mean how many people i don't even know if, if you're aware of this glenn this is one of the more amazing stories that have been dropped of all time lebron james biggest sports star at least in basketball if not uh, in all of sports a couple of years ago during the nba championship declared that his house in brentwood california you know oj simpson's former hometown uh, that it had been it had been defaced with racist graffiti racist graffiti in brentwood mm. and um and bizarrely there was no suspect no pictures uh, the uh, horrendous <laughs> LAPD uh, never got to the bottom of this and then most bizarrely after the, this horrendous investigation by the city of los angeles lebron james decides to go play where los angeles <laughs> i mean so, so why in the world would he decide to play in a city that just allowed his Brentwood mansion to be defaced with racist graffiti and never get to the bottom of it? How is that possible? <laughs> it's the cops. It's the cops, and they're bad everywhere. Where's he right. going to go? Where's a man going to go? Right. Oh, so, my so gosh. When I first heard about this story, I was inherently skeptical, but you guys know me well enough to know I want to find out, okay, what's the story here? I mean, is this possible? I mean, this seems, this seems highly improbable that in uh, this atmosphere, incredibly racially charged, that because uh, this is what we're supposed to believe. If you, if you use your frickin' brain, uh, you, you have to go through, okay, what does this actually mean? If someone put a noose in a black man's garage, uh, we're, we're, have you heard about a pandemic? Have you heard about how restricted things are? Do you, do you understand how few people would have access to a, a NASCAR garage just before a major race at Talladega? Uh, this, this would be an act of colossal, I mean, colossal stupidity. This would be effectively like uh, going, you know, d- deciding you're going to rob a bank where you know you're going to get caught and you only take $20. I mean, it, it's, it's insane off the bat. Now, people do insane things all the time. So, so it is possible if there's some evidence and and so uh, like a suspect. I mean, this, this would be incredibly easy to figure out. Okay, we we think we might have known who did this because there's a very limited number of people who had the opportunity to do so. But instead, without any kind of a suspect, without a theory of how this would have happened or why this would have happened in a logical world, and at the time without even a photograph. The news media decides, yep, this happened. This happened, and it's got to be racist because, after all, it's NASCAR, and it's Alabama. And we know about those people, right? I mean, so they, they must be racist. This is clearly very plausible in the world of the liberal media, and especially in the sports media. I mean, ESPN is just the absolute worst on this, uh, and they always fall for this stuff no matter what it is because they're, they're, they have to be woke because they're a bunch of white males who are terrified for their own jobs. 
That's really what's at the essence of this. White males terrified of being canceled, so they jump on whatever it is because they need to be on the right side of history and show how woke they are, and uh, they're one of the good ones, and please don't take my job. That's what's really motivating this. Now, NASCAR didn't help matters by throwing gasoline on the fire because they were terrified of being canceled, too. Uh, and, and then what's happened since, though, I, I've got to tell you, I still have questions about because I'm more confused today than I was before we, we eventually realized this, that the FBI declared this was not a hate crime, that this was just a, a way of opening and closing a garage door. But this, this story has evolved in a way that is, is frankly bizarre since then. So I'm, I'm not 100% sure we're ever going to know what really happened, except this was not, shockingly, like almost all these other news stories, this was not a hate crime. Okay, so um, I don't know what you're confused about, and I'd like to hear that, but I, I'm confused on why everyone keeps calling this loop a noose. I mean, well, I think you, you've, do we you not? Put your finger, you, you put your finger on an important point. A noose means two things to two different groups of people. A noose is an actual knot. Okay, let's be clear about that. It's a, it's a, it's a legitimate knot. Now, it has become, right. it has become seen as a symbol of racial uh, hatred because, for understandable reasons, because of hangings of black men uh, in, in history. So I understand that. But when you say the word noose, that's a actual knot. If you go to the Wikipedia page for noose, it's the description of a knot. And yes, what appears to have been in Bubba Wallace's garage was a noose. It was a noose knot that was used to close the garage door. <laughs> now, now, um, now, where I'm a little confused is that we now apparently know why in the world they, NASCAR puts out this picture after after the controversy is over, after the FBI has said, nope, this is not a hate crime, after Bubba Wallace has gone... And this is, to me, the part, Glenn and Stu, that really gets me suspicious. All right? I'm, not, I, I, I'm not making an allegation right now, but I need an explanation. So why does Bubba Wallace go on Don Lemon, who even Don Lemon was confused, <laughs> not that mm-hmm. that's unusual, um, but uh, Don Lemon was very <laughs> confused in the interview on Tuesday night on CNN, where Bubba Wallace is still sticking with the hate crime narrative, right? And it was, it was a bad interview, but people were rallying to his side, of course. The liberal media is always going to, they don't want to look like they were idiots and they look they were, like they were duped. So, th- so there's no negative pressure on Bubba Wallace after that CNN interview, other than maybe from conservatives going, what the hell was that? And then the next day, he puts out a statement, doesn't do an interview, puts out a statement totally changing his story, yeah. say, saying, um, you know, uh, you know I'm, I'm, I'm a little embarrassed. Thank goodness this wasn't a hate crime. Uh, thank you so much for the love. Let's move on. What I would like to know is what happened in between? What's, what forced that statement? Because to me, there requires new information to, to, to force that statement. You see where I'm going with this? That there, that, 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 I don't know what the explanation is. I need an explanation, especially when then they put out this photo of this noose, and I still don't understand the timeline. I still don't understand uh, when we, for sure that quote-unquote noose was put there because the photos don't seem to match where this wa- was in October of, of 2019. And, uh, you know, a lot of Wallace's supporters and the race baiters have been saying, well, see, this really was a noose. There was only one noose on the entire, in all the uh, 1,600 or whatever it is, garages at Talladega. 
And I go, okay, that's a hell of a coincidence. That's actually too much of a coincidence, especially when you have Wallace changing his story so dramatically. And I would really like to know what piece of information made him decide, you know what? I'm what, do you, with this what do you Let's speculate? What do you speculate? Who put the damn noose there? This shouldn't be that difficult to find out at this point. It's the most famous noose in NASCAR history. There's not that many people with access to the, these, te- these areas. I'm, I'm, I am suggesting it is possible. I am not. I have been in the category of this is not Jesse Smollett, too. As you guys know, I was way ahead of the curve on, on that story. This mm-hmm. is not Jesse Smollett. And I'm not saying this is Jesse Smollett. I'm saying it is theoretically possible that Bubba Wallace got some information that maybe, and I want to underline maybe, the, the rope that was uh, sort of a news last year that appears to have been cut in photographs uh, in June of this year got replaced by somebody on his team. That's what, that's what I think is theoretically possible. Theoretically possible. But not meaning it as a noose. Probably not. Probably it was probably I've always been in the misunderstanding category of this. You know, the, the racist banana category of this. Uh, but, but the, <laughs> the but racist the most, banana the most, category. The, the most important part of this whole thing is it was n- clearly not, unless the FBI and now everybody else is in cahoots, including Wallace, uh, the, this was clearly not a hate crime and that we need to stop overreacting to these things. And the media is exposing themselves as people who just believe all white males, especially in the South, are inherently racist until proven otherwise. And that's wrong. Because uh, that's okay. an incredibly, incredibly corrosive message. All right, hang on. Stu's got a question for you, but I've got to br- take a break for one minute, and then we'll come back uh, with John Ziegler. Talking to uh, John Ziegler of uh, Mediaite. Uh, John, another part of this that I, th- I find to be pretty interesting because I would love to get the answer to the question you just asked as well. It would be really interesting. But I think there's a chance that, you know, this thing gets cut off somehow and some uh, hypersensitive crew member sees this noose and f- thinks someone's targeting his guy. Es- this escalates and escalates. Everyone's on the same page. Oh, my gosh, racism. It blows up into what I heard one sports host say was the greatest moment in sports history when people were walking to, legitimately heard that quote of theirs are walking down the pit crew, uh, the, 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 you know, uh, before wow. the race. Um, but like, well, I know I said to myself, do you believe in miracles? <laughs> when go. I saw that, <laughs> there, you uh. go. <laughs> there you go. Um, but I mean, a lot of people are targeting saying Bubba Wallace is the issue here. And, and he, you're right. He handled the Don Lemon thing very poorly. But, you know, he's some he's in the middle of an international racial racial controversy. You can almost give him a little bit of a break, maybe. The media, though, not asking basic skeptical questions about this from the moment it happened is inexcusable. They've been burned by these stories hundreds of times and they continue they to go down the same path. NASCAR. They hate NASCAR. They hate the South and they want this narrative. So is it why would they with- ask a single question? I agree with Glenn, but I, I still think it goes to the basic issue of what the motivation of especially a, a white male sportscaster is. Keep my gig at mm-hmm. all costs. Mm-hmm. So when you're deciding, okay, what position do I take on something like this? Do I take the rational one, the skeptical one that might be based in truth, which, by the way, leads to a path where there's a darn good chance I get fired, especially if I turn out to be wrong, or do I go along with the herd? 
uh, and do I do I uh, go with the safety of the herd? And we see this all the time now. The herd. Mm-hmm provides protection for these people in the media. No one will go outside the herd because they're all terrified of getting run over. Frankly, no one wants to be John Ziegler. And I understand that. (laughs) Trust trust me. I I fully understand that. But but this is not conducive to truth-telling because the herd provides a group mentality and no one asks questions like you just did, Stu. And the herd is going over the cliff. John Ziegler, thank you so much. Zygmunt Freud, you can follow him on Twitter or freespeechbroadcasting.com. Back in a minute. This is the best of the Glenn Beck Program. Yesterday on this program, I had uh, really a, a legend, uh, Bob Woodson. Uh, he is the founder and president of the Woodson Center. In 1981, he was he was one of the first guys to go into low income neighborhoods and address the problems of communities. Former civil rights activist, uh, headed the National Urban League Department of Criminal Justice, been a resident at the American Enterprise Foundation for Public Policy Research. A lot of people refer to him as the godfather of neighborhood empowerment movement, and he has had a special concern uh, for the problems of the youth in uh and the problems that really affect the urban centers of of america welcome to the program bob how are you oh great to be here again great to be here well i'm i'm glad to have you um bob you wrote something this was uh in the hill a year ago you wrote as we mark the first anniversary of the violent protest and counter protest in Charlottesville, Virginia, that resulted in the deaths of a woman and two police officers. We're in no better place with res- with respect to race and injustice in our country. The issue of race is being used as a political weapon on both sides and is fueling the growing divide that threatens to descend us uh, uh, into tribalism. The same forces involved in Charlottesville riots are angling for a rematch in D.C. We have fascists on the right who claim to represent disaffected white people. We have anarchists on the left who purport to speak for the marginalized minorities and the poor. They are they ready themselves to battle it out again with the only outcome of being more racial strife and calls to remove the symbols of southern resistance by taking down statues of generals and renaming schools and streets, trying to right the wrongs of the past by killing the dead. That was last year. How do you feel today, Bob? I feel that it has really uh, gotten worse, Um, as I said, that the. It's, it's troubling that, uh, that, as you said, all that money is being uh, funneled into groups whose sole purpose is really to destroy civil society. Um, and I think they're, they're Marxist. But what's, what's really troubling is, again, low-income black communities are being really exploited, uh, and yet the civil rights leaders, including members of the Black Caucus, are just silent. You don't hear about them. And and, right. and so it's, it is very troubling. But again, the people who are going to suffer most are the very people that Black, Black Lives Matter said they're they're trying to promote social justice. Uh, and, and they're also assigning the responsibility. They're using the failed uh, 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 policies of the last 50 years 
poor blacks have suffered because of the policies of the last 50 years, but now they're assigning responsibility to institutional racism, which means that we don't have to examine what were those black politicians doing for the last 50 years who have been running these programs mm-hmm. in these cities and spending the bulk of that $22 trillion that have been spent. If you look, uh, Glenn, at the income gap, the biggest income gap in America isn't between black and whites. It's between low-income blacks and upper-income blacks. And so if racism Mm. were the single culprit, the question is, and why aren't all blacks suffering equally? And and so we have an, an unfortunate situation that poor blacks are suffering not from institutional racism, but institutional betrayal by those that they were uh, trusted uh, to put in office. I was a member of that, that, uh, you know, I I was in the civil rights movement, and we fought. We are saying, give us a chance to run these programs in these cities, and we will do right by our own people. And and like they said, when we went in to clean up that that, that cesspool, as soon as they got honored, it became a hot tub. Hmm. And so we have an unfortunate situation so, where we've commoditized the poor. And so they are a commodity. That's why they're stuck on the way they are. So, Bob, did this, for instance, Black Lives Matter, at the top of all of these that are really funding and doing all the legwork, it appears it's a lot of white people. Um, is, is this coming, is this coming from the, uh, the African American community or is this coming from, uh, a group of white Marxists who are just seizing an opportunity and using the black community yet again in, in a despicable way. They are really uh, using them. In fact, the first two days in most of these cities, uh, of protest against, uh, Floyd, George Floyd. Mm-hmm. They were peaceful. These are young people. Yes. I mean, they've been housed for months, and they came out to protest. But then, what happened is that in most cases, people came in from out of town, and then as soon as it got mm-hmm. dark, they began to break windows. And in fact, they they exploited the the passion of these young people, and and it was primarily white people. You have instances where a well-dressed white couple uh, drove into the community in the back of their car that had bricks. But it was a neighborhood-level black woman who cussed them out and forced them to leave and flee. And there are hundreds of these indigenous leaders who are indignant about the destruction of their own community, but they don't have a voice. And so in 1776, we're trying to give a voice to those blacks who are voices of dissent in these communities, Glenn, and they're there. But the only, the only attention goes to those white uh, uh, supposed to be supporters. If you look at so, where, what institutions are flying Black Lives Matter, they're not black churches in black communities. They're white churches flying the Black Lives Matter. Just ride around in any city, you will see Black Lives Matter flags on white churches, not on black churches. So, Bob, let me um, let me stay on Black Lives Matter for just a second. And then then I want to come back to 1776 and the voices that you are gathering. Um, 
Black Lives Matter, the the founder of BET said yesterday, and this is a prediction of mine, that they are going to become a political party. Um, and yesterday, the founder of BET came out and said, we should get rid of the Democratic Party. We should get out of that. And there should be a black party. Um, and, you know, BLM is probably the 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 best solution for that. This, to me, seems like the biggest con of all time. You're going from one party that just has abused you, used you and lied to you. Now to another one that is even worse for your community. And, and, and I don't think it's going to sell. Well, first of all, I know it won't. You see what Black Lives Matter did. It, it traded on the moral authority of the civil rights movement. And the civil rights movement in black America achieved in America against the odds because of the nuclear family, the strength of the family, and its Christian virtues and values. And so uh, Black Lives Matter used that moral authority. And then but they shifted to define uh, uh, fairness and justice to now shift it to so that it is even hostile to uh, black values. It is it is not pro-family. It, it, it defines the nuclear family as Eurocentric and therefore racist. It defines the Christian religion um, as homophobic. Uh, and so it is even hostile to the, the forces. But during the, the, uh, the Depression, when the, uh, when the communists tried to make inroads into the black community, and they were unsuccessful because they were anti-God. And I think yeah. that there are strong uh, religious uh, uh, tenets in that community, and BLM will also fail because of, of their hostility to uh, values that are very critical to the survival of black Americans. We're not too far from understanding what really delivered us from oppression. Wow. And I think that uh, well, Lives Matter underestimates that. I think that is the best news I heard because I think the white community is a long way away from uh, understanding what got us here in a good way. Bob Woodson, we continue with you in just a second. First, let me tell you about our sponsor. It's Real Estate Agents I Trust. Uh, when you get a great real estate agent, uh, how do you know? How do you know if it's great? I mean, when you have a real estate agent, are they the ones that have the best record? Are they the ones that really will listen and understand you and get your home sold? Do they know how to do it? Do they have the team of experts? The best thing about real estate agents I trust are these are the real estate agents that are like when they come in and they say, hey, you got to paint or you got to do this. You got to you know work on the curb appeal. They've got a Rolodex of all those people that can come in and do it and do it quickly so you can get your home sold. This is not somebody that works at Starbucks and then moonlights as a real estate agent. The agents from real estate agents I trust are full time. They know precisely what you need to do to be successful for a sale or a purchase or both. They will excel for you. Real estate agents I trust.com. The name says it all. Real estate agents I trust.com. 10 seconds station ID. So Bob Woodson is with us, um, and I, I cannot urge you strongly enough 
to donate to the Woodson Center, I want you to go to 1776unites.com. 1776unites. Yes, unites.com. Uh, go there and, um, and donate. Uh, this is, these people are actually doing something in the black community that will actually matter and help heal us. You said, Bob, um, those suffering the problem must be involved in the creation and implementation of the solution. I believe that it is going to be the African, uh, African American community that will save America in the end. If we learn from the first civil rights, uh, uh, movement and a Martin Luther King appears, do you see those people on the horizon? Do you see people who really love the country, understand the principles, uh, understand the problems and uh, have the courage to stand in this atmosphere? You know, people who have suffered directly the consequences of, of, of their own misdeeds and, uh, and when they recover from it, nothing is stronger than someone who's in recovery from, from uh, a self-destructive uh, condition. And, and so, but there are, the, the big sleeping giant in America are the thousands and millions of low-income blacks who know over the past 60 years that their condition has, has suffered under the, in, under the control of their own politicians. These people are betrayers, and, and, one, and, and they're going to wake up and realize that they're being exploited and used. And so what we've been doing is going around and demonstrating to people that their destiny is determined by decisions that they make, not by decisions that are outside. And in fact, there's nothing more injurious to people when you um, convey the notion that they don't have control of their own destiny, that somehow white America Absolutely is right. your future. Yes. Bob Woodson uh, from 1776unites with an S.com. More with him in a minute. Program.